Whether you call it benchmarking or metrics or analytics, I promise that no matter what you have heard, it doesn't have to be hard or complicated. In fact, if you are watching this, I'm willing to bet you could perform the basic analytical work required for most accounts payable and accounting functions, despite what you might believe. We're going to bust some of the more common misconceptions surrounding the process in the next few minutes. Make sure you stick around until the end when I share one mind-boggling story that is bound to make your hair stand up straight. Misconception number one, analytics is only about numbers. Now I'm not going to lie to you, your analytical work will start with numbers, but those numbers are just a tool. They will provide you with the insights you need to run a more efficient and effective accounting or accounts payable function. They are a means to an end. You should not be running any numbers on a regular basis if no one is looking at them or using them to tweak your existing operations. If that is not what's happening, you're just wasting your time. Your analytics can also help you spot a problem at its beginning stages rather than after it has evolved into a major league headache. The best example I can give you would be of an internal fraud occupational fraud, employee fraud, whatever you want to call it, which typically can go on for two or three years or even longer. Robust analytics might help you uncover it much earlier, perhaps after only a month or two. Misconception number two, to do analytics work, you need sophisticated technical skills. To do advanced analytical work, some courses or a degree in data science wouldn't hurt. But for the stuff we do in accounts payable and accounting, that is not really necessary. A decent, but not advanced by any means, understanding of the basics of Excel will provide you with most, if not all, of the tools you'll need. If your organization uses one of the more advanced benchmarking or analytical tools on the market today, they should also provide the basic training you need. If they don't, here's a tip. Do a quick search on YouTube and you are likely to find a number of instructional videos that will provide you with the help that you need. Misconception number three, data analytics requires specialized software and since my company hasn't purchased any, we can't do any analytical work. This is probably the biggest fallacy of them all. If you have Excel or even Google Sheets, which by the way is free, then you are ready to get started. Much of the analytical work that you will do in accounting and accounts payable can be done using Excel. The basic metrics used by most organizations are easily handled in Excel. This might include counting the number of invoices handled, the number of items co coded, line items, the number of errors made, the number of checks issued, the number of PCOD, ACH, and or wire transfers made. This data can be tracked by department and by individual employee and then compared to prior periods using simple math. The budget versus actual spend that many organizations track on a monthly or quarterly or even annual basis can also be handled quite adequately or quite nicely in Excel. Misconception number four, analytics requires specialized training. Now there's a smidgen of truth in this one, but mostly it's not true. You do need to have a base of knowledge about whatever function you're going to perform the analytics for. Otherwise, even if you know data analytics inside out, you won't be able to judge whether the results make, make sense, nor will you be able to spot stupid mistakes. What's more, if you're going to use Excel as your tool to perform your analytical work, you do need to know the basics of Excel. 
Same goes for Google Sheets and any specialized analytical tool your organization may have purchased. But, and this is a big one, if you are in a position where you're going to be performing this work for your company, the odds are quite high that you already have this specialized knowledge. So to be put off from doing analytical work because you don't have some sort of specialized training is just plain foolish. As we've already discussed, most employees are able to perform this type of work without additional training beyond what is available. And don't forget about my UTIP hit earlier. My UTIP hint earlier. And by the way, here's a bonus tip for you. While I'm mentioning YouTube, let me give you this bonus tip. If you get stuck or you can't figure out how to do something in the analytical work you are doing, just pull up YouTube and do a simple search. So for example, let's say for whatever reason, maybe you haven't done one in a while or whatever, you forgot how to create a pivot table. A simple search on YouTube will turn up many excellent tutorials from folks like Kevin Stratford, Lila Harani, or my colleague Bill Jellin, who's also known as Mr. Excel. And by the way, if you find this uh, talk useful, please hit the thumbs up, also known as the like button, to let both YouTube and me know that this content is useful and we should share more like it. And by the way, thank you if you do that. Uh, misconception number five. Analytics is a one-time special project. If I'm going to be fair, and sometimes it pains me greatly to do so, but you know, analytics can be a one-time special project, but that is really not getting the most benefit out of it. Not only that, but when it's a special project, it tends to get pushed as more pressing matters take priority. Getting through the month-end close, dealing with lost invoices, and unhappy suppliers demand attention, and before you know it, months and months have gone by, and the analytical work you want to do is still not completed. By making your analytics, benchmarking metrics, or whatever you're going to call it, part of your regular workflow, it is more likely to be done on a regular basis, especially if, as we've already discussed, you only produce the data that is being actively used. If no one looks or analyzes the data, you're simply spinning your wheels. But by producing the data on a regular basis and reviewing it closely, you will be able to identify small problems before they turn into a, a mountain that gets management's attention, and not in a good way either. Analytics can help you avoid those extremely unpleasant encounters when management is not happy and everybody's looking at you thinking it's your fault. Misconception number six. This is the false perception that data analytics will solve all your business problems. Let me be clear, it won't. It's just the first step to identifying what might be a problem. It can pinpoint potential possible problem points, allowing further investigation and remediation. Let me give you a very simple example. Let's say you're producing monthly data showing errors made by each of your processes. You might notice one month that one of your processes has a spike in errors. Not a small one, but a large sudden spike. Investigate. Does this processor need more training and or maybe you should review their work for the last month? Why? If it turns out they made numerous duplicate payments, you might want to identify those and recover them before the problem continues for several months and someone mentions it to the CFO, which I can promise he will or she will not receive this news well. Misconception number seven, data analytics is always accurate. It's not. Don't take the results as gospel, especially if there's a sudden problem. Investigate. 
Why? Because the problem might not be what it seems. The issue simply could be that the data isn't being entered correctly. Your investigation should uncover this fairly quickly and you can fix it. If you are benchmarking to outside data, there could be additional problems. Let me share some real-world examples that were shared with me. I was doing some work with a company and the metric cost to process an invoice came up. It's the metric everybody always wants to know the answer to. The manager shared that when she reported her data for what that metric was to a third party collecting the data for benchmarking purposes, she always reported a lower number than the cost she had actually calculated. I was horrified. Why would she do this? I had, a microme, I had to control myself not to actually scream at her, but she explained. She didn't want to make her team look bad to the party collecting the data, so she reported a lower number than the one she had actually calculated. I was appalled. There are companies trying to benchmark against that data, and there are managers who are having to explain to their management team why their costs are higher than the reported benchmark for industry. That is full of made-up numbers that are not accurate. <laughs> this is just one of the many reasons I really don't like the one metric everyone wants, the cost to process an invoice. Um, there are more than just the one I've discussed. I actually did a short talk on why I feel this metric is so bad. And yes, there are more reasons. You should watch it right now using the link that has appeared on your YouTube screen and is in the description. Good luck.